0: Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And I love you all so much. It is 6:26 a.m. and I am recording. (laughs) I
1: don't know how she
0: does it. Honestly,
1: Katie, how do you do it? Because if the roles were reversed, I'd be like, nah, bitch, I'm not getting up at (laughs) six.
0: Well, I just. you know, I just love it and I I get like anxiety if we don't have an episode to put out. So I'm like, okay, just get your ass up. We're doing it.
1: <laughs> oh my god, everyone praise Katie cuz she does it around my baby schedule and my crazy work schedule. So thank you for being so flexible and great cuz that's a lot to ask of anyone.
0: Oh no, it's it's totally fine. Um but before we get into the episode, I want to shout out a new patron. Yes. We have a new patron at the Celestial level, Celestial Kingdom <sighs> level, and that is Pamela. And I'm sorry, but I can't say your name without going Pamela. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good old but, office. But welcome, and thank you. Yeah, welcome and thank you.
1: And as always, I think I've said this a few times. Pamela's have a special place in my heart because that's my
0: mom's name. Yeah, yeah, we love we love all you Pams. So yeah. thank you. And if you guys want extra content and to support our little our little podcast, you can go over to patreoncom slash not Yeah, and that's sure, all the that's all of the announcements I have because Sarah's in charge today. No. So first of all,
1: sorry that I I was just telling Katie, I sound really like nasally and congested. It's the good old, my baby started nursery, daycare, Kida, all the ways of saying daycare. And of course, he's already gotten sick. And so I keep just having lovely colds, which is great. Um,
0: I don't know how people that work at daycares, like... (laughs) live because I feel like you'd just be sick all the time
1: you really are like the first day I dropped him off his teacher was sick and I was like oh boy and then when I worked in like a uh, this private school I worked with the young kids and I swear I've never been more sick in my life in those seven months that I worked there because I was constantly I'm, I'm not even exaggerating I think I was in a constant state of having the flu or cold or something like it was yeah so, a so lo-
0: oh. quite a while ago I was a nanny for these two children and I only did it for, yeah, maybe, like, four months, but I was sick all the time. Like, little kids have so much, many germs, but anyway, we digress.
1: They do, they do, and bless them, but yeah. So, and also, we attempted to record yesterday.
0: <laughs> I feel like let's
1: just get into it. Like, Katie and I were already... We're like, okay, we're just chatting. And then I get a phone call that's like, hi, um, Rory's mom, can you come pick him up? And my heart just sank. And I was like, I gotta go, Katie. I gotta
0: go. It was literally like she had just called me on Skype and I had just picked up and said hello. And she was like, hold on, I'm getting another call. And I just hear her talking and she's like, oh, okay, I'll be there in like 15 minutes. And I was like, (laughs) oh, something happened. (laughs) (laughs) yeah my little baby's
1: not settling very well it's this first week so all you mom and dads out there with children who you put them in daycare or nursery please tell me it gets easier give me give me some love and validation because this mama's struggling to send her kid to
0: take to daycare yeah give her all of the hopeful hopeful messages (laughs) yeah please um okay so on that note, let's get to
1: our episode. And I also am very sneezy today, so full warning. <laughs> like, I'm going to be in the middle of a sentence probably sneezing. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking, like, okay, what what episode to do today? What what topic? I was, like, going through. And then I remember that we never covered this, and I never watched it on the BBC. But you remember I mentioned, like, I think it was in February or March, about this BBC documentary um, that's the, the Mormons are coming is what it's
0: called oh yeah I think I remember you telling me about it
1: yeah so I never watched it um, and I was like you know what let's give this a little cause it's only like one episode and for those of you who don't have access to BBC I don't know where you'd watch it maybe you can't unless you have BBC um, but I can also refer you refer you to this article because that's what re- reminded me basically is I was like oh what's happening in the Mormon news today and this somehow popped up, this article that was written back in February from the BBC. That's a news article that's like, inside the UK's Mormon missionary boot camp. And then I was
0: like, oh, oh
1: shit, it's this uh, documentary that I never watched. It's just one episode. So um, if you can watch it, go watch it, because the cringe level is through the roof, but also it is infuriating. I watched it with Greg, and I was like, this is the first time actually that we're like sitting down watching a whole documentary that's about Mormonism where you can see the inside of churches and the MTC. And he's like, what the fuck is the MTC? And I was like, <laughs> oh, Mormon training center. And he was like, okay. So it was so bizarre because he could actually see like inside the churches, the temple grounds, but also like the missionaries hear the prayers because they do a lot of the like, you know, obviously doing their prayers, talking to converts, all this stuff. And I was like, fuck, like you're getting – I was like this was me Greg but a year before you met me and he's like yeah. oh I'm like do they
0: yeah. do they have a missionary training center in the UK so they do and I didn't know
1: this um but good old BBC now that I'm in the UK I'm obsessed with the BBC Greg's mm-hmm. always been into it but it's like such a British thing but they they do a really good job on the documentary of like being very unbiased in that they just tell you the straight facts of the church, but also they do mention like the fact that it's recent news that, you know, they're worth a hundred billion dollars that they can't have, you know, like they say things that are like, Oh, okay. You're not going to just do a documentary and not say everything. You're going to give a full disclosure. So they talk about the fact that this MTC is in England and it's uh, a little bit outside. I think they said like 30 minutes or 30 miles outside of Manchester. Um, so they have like an MTC here in England and I think it's the one that I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's the one that everyone goes to in Europe and mm. then they get sent off, um, to wherever they're going in Europe. And also I didn't know, and it says it in this documentary that England, um, has and in this area specifically has the largest number of LDS members in Europe. Didn't know. Gross. <laughs> I know. And I was like, ew. <laughs> it's in England. <laughs> um, anyway, so this article, so the BBC, like the Mormon church allowed BBC cameras in and everyone to like interview them in the missionary training center and they go behind the scenes and like show what it's like to be a missionary and to go through the MTC and also some of their family members they interview as well. And they show them like on the field, quote unquote, like going out knocking on door to door like going down the streets, which is hilarious, because some of the people, their comments are great. Um, and then also inside, like an actual baptism, which Greg was like, I thought that you couldn't see a baptism, like you couldn't, like that was sacred. And I was like, oh, I think you mean a temple, baptism for the dead, you can't see that, like, you wouldn't be able to go witness that if you were a member, but are a worthy member, a temple holder. Um, temple card holder but like if you just were to be baptized in the church everyone can watch that
0: yeah yes. isn't that so funny how it's yeah. like you just can't watch someone be baptized but by proxy for someone dead but you can watch someone get their own baptism
1: <laughs> yeah exactly which until he said that I was like oh didn't even make that connection but that's, that's Yeah,
0: no wonder it's also confusing to people who've never been Mormon because it's very weird and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> exactly. Um okay, so
1: uh I'll go ahead and just read this article because um, obviously I can't I mean I, yeah, you were not going to be able to see the view uh, to view the the series and it's an hour but the article does a good job of recapping it. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was interesting in here is from when I was active, and even when I was like writing that missionary, thought I was going to marry him, all of that bullshit, the rules have changed so much that I didn't realize in the mission field.
0: Mm, okay. I know that and, I know of some changes, but I'm excited to hear what, what they are.
1: Yeah. So, just like one in general, which they don't talk about in the article, but they do in the documentary, is they're now allowed to call like video chat their families once a week.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was once a week.
1: Yeah, so they I were knew like, it was oh, way more God. often
0: and I I feel like they can even text now. Yeah, they can text now, but they
1: but the videoing, I was like, "Whoa," because it shows this one sister missionary call like video calling her mom and she's only like 3 or 4 weeks into her mission and I was like, "What?" And the mission president was saying, "Yes, they can communicate with their families once a week because the the interviewer was saying, "Well, why why restrict how many times?" they can have a phone call or like chat with their family. And the mission president was like, well, because it helps prevent homesick, if homesickness, if they don't talk to them as often, it helps. And I
0: was like, no, I don't think it works. Uh, You know, because if you're a never Mormon, it used to be that, um, I don't know when this change was implemented, but it used to be that missionaries could only call home at Christmas on mother's day. And it wasn't a video chat. It was just a phone call. Um, and I find it interesting that they've they've moved away from that. And I feel like it's from a PR standpoint to not seem as strict and rigid and culty. Like, we're like, yeah, look, we can let them talk to their family once a week. And I love that the reporter was like, why only once a week where my head was like, oh, for back in my day, it used to only exactly. year. Yeah. <laughs> that's a And that's
1: exactly what I told Greg. I was like, what? I told him, I was like, look, they used to could only call twice a year on Christmas and Mother's Day. And that was it. And then you could write letters. And then recently it was emails. But like really back in the day, like when I grew up in the church, like in my, you know, until 18, there wasn't even really emails. It was just okay, that's a lie, until I was like 14. There wasn't really emails, it was just letters, like, that's Mm -hmm. all. Um, And he was like, what? And then he also questioned, he goes, but why Mother's Day? I was like, I don't know,
0: actually. (laughs) Like, I don't know why they picked Christmas and Mother's Day. Because of the the fucking patriarchy. I don't know. It's, It's like, you can call your mom, but it's this whole You know, men suffer from the patriarchy, too, because it's like, well, then why can't I call my dad on Father's Day? And it's like, because he's tough. Like, you're a tough man. You don't need to be called on Father's Day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (sighs) Anyway, okay, so let's get into the article, because there's a few other things that was just like, I'm in shock, actually. It was just Really weird, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, I even had to like write down some stuff. I was like, Oh my god! And they were like singing certain songs. Greg was like, Do you know that song? I was like, Yeah, I do. And now I'm gonna have it in my head forever, like for the rest (laughs) of the day. This stupid ass song. (laughs) Okay. So it starts off. So basically, the main I don't want to say character, but the main person that they follow around in this documentary is this woman named Rebecca Cooper, and she's 19. So it says, when 19-year-old Rebecca Cooper started her mission, she had to give up her first name, stop making phone calls to her friends, and surrender any time to be on her own other than to use the toilet or shower. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, I like when they put it that way, because, yeah, like you said, it's not all sugar-coated. But it's no, all sugar-coated. <laughs> it's just like, this is how it is. Um, so known
1: as Sister Cooper during her religious mission... She also began a strictly planned daily schedule of prayer, study, exercise, volunteering in the community, and seeking out potential converts starting at 630 every morning and ending with a nightly curfew.
0: Oh, my God. They were starting when I started today. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Katie, <Hey, laughs> you're a sister missionary. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a sister missionary for Satan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and then it even says, like, along with general Mormon rules based on religious scriptures, like a ban on premarital sex and drinking tea and coffee, missionaries aren't allowed to stay out late or watch TV or movies. Typical Gen Z pastimes like gaming and TikTok are also forbidden. <laughs> so they, they talk about that because there's a few of the missionaries that were saying, like, how difficult it was for them to give up gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. So they were saying, like, oh, it was really difficult. And then also the whole premarital sex they they show this couple who is this American who moved to England and was engaged to this Brit and the whole story is just like it's a whole rabbit hole if you go down it because again I was watching it with Greg and this this American girl or woman um, she basically was like oh my dad moved here two years ago because he bought a football team a football club and Greg was like what the fuck who is their dad and he like looks at it up and was like oh my god like Because Greg's obviously all into football. And this Mormon guy bought this club for, like, I think he said $170 million. Jesus. And and, Yeah, but it was all this controversy and, like, of course, typical hidden Mormon, like, fraud shit that's going on. I don't know if it was fraud, but it was something, like, sketchy. Um, so that's a whole other divert. If you guys want to go into that later, mm. you know, you're a little Googling yourself, I was like, whoa, cause Greg obviously was fascinated cause it's football. Um, but anyways, it's her story where she's engaged to this Mormon missionary who got off his mission. in in England, she meets him and her dad is like, Oh, I think he's a really great guy. So I'm going to set up my daughter with him because I think she should marry him. And, blah 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 and then they dated and were engaged for three months before they got married and and of course they already have their own house at like the age of like 19 and 20 in England and they're basically just playing house and they talk about the fact like we can't have sex before marriage because it's really (laughs) sacred and it's a bond between man and woman and blah 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 and then this is the best part so they're they're documenting this right and the, the interviewee goes is that a love mark on your neck talking to
0: oh. the guy oh no like a hickey <laughs> yes he had a hickey ew on his got his it. Neck.
1: and they both are so warm and like blush and she's like Well, they didn't say you can't kiss before
0: marriage. (laughs) Well no, honey, they said no necking and petting and I think hickeys fall into that category. (laughs) Oh, so cringe. Oh my god. Cringe. Like
1: I was just like, Oh my God, that's so cringy. Um
0: Um going back to how you said they're not allowed to use TikTok. (laughs) Um, or they they can't game or use TikTok. Um I don't have TikTok, but I swear there was this thing that was going around where the missionaries were on TikTok and like trying to be cool and relevant. Is that a thing or did I just imagine that? Okay. So we're going to get into that later. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That like,
1: no, no, no. That's one of the things that has changed a lot since obviously you and I were like in the church and chatting with missionaries or dealing with missionaries. Like that's a big, and that's That's actually what got me super interested in the documentary because I saw a little like clip of it. And one of the lines that they talk about, which we'll get into later, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cult like. And so like this is and Greg said it perfectly. He's like they make the best salespeople like these more Mm -hmm. missionaries are really great salesmen and saleswomen. And I was like, or salespeople. And I was like, yeah, I know. And that's why they go on. To usually like to have these summer gigs of selling some type of product, like or an MLM or yeah, I was
0: just gonna. That's why they all yeah, they're perfect for like yeah, Mm -hmm. it's
1: so crazy. So we'll get into the social media aspect in a bit, but um, okay. So it says most. So talking about the missionaries. Most are aged under 25 and live away from home for up to two years, and the biggest training center in Europe for these young missionaries is located in Chorley, Lancashire, which is like I was saying, kind of outside of Manchester, Um, and then it just says TV cameras were allowed into the training center for a BBC documentary called The Mormons Are Coming, so again, check it out if you have access to BBC. Um, it says officially known as the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day saints. The church believes in Jesus, but is separate from other Christian groups. It has more than 16 million members and has the largest full-time missionary force in the world. Uh. Gross. Um, Okay. So awareness of these young missionaries has grown in recent years, thanks to the Broadway and Weston musical, the book of Mormon. And this is the part that I found so ridiculous. So in obviously here, I mean, it's in New York everywhere, like as they mentioned, Broadway and West End. But they have the missionaries stand outside of West End or anywhere where they're showing the Book of Mormon. And when people come out of watching the musical, they try to convert them. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. And so these people are like coming out and they're like, oh, do you want to know about the real Book of Mormon? And Let's talk about that. And they have like all these signs and like trying to convert them after they're coming out of the musical. And I just think like, who comes out of that musical and is like, yes, (laughs) I want to be converted to this religion.
0: That weird, yeah, that weird group. I know. I, you know, I remember hearing this Mormon YouTuber, and she's she's just, I'm not gonna say who it is, but she's quite a brat. I'll just say that. And she was like responding like questions and someone was like what do you think about the Book of Mormon musical and she was like well haha ha, it's actually worked in our favor because so many people have converted to the Mormon Church or the you know Church of Jesus Christ of Elias since because of it and I was like no they haven't show me the numbers girl like no they have not because of that
1: <laughs> exactly like I think they try their best or people were curious because they get out of the musical and they see these missionaries like first of all I would think automatically it was part of the musical. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like, me too. Oh, maybe these are like people who are trying to promote getting you tickets or whatever. And then if I realized they weren't, then I would just be like, if I wasn't a member and I was a Nevermo, I would just be curious after watching the musical, not because I want to be converted, but just to be like, Oh, we just watched this show. Like, do you actually believe this and this and kind of like mess around with them a bit? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. actually, I don't see it ever leading to someone being converted. But that being said, one of the missionaries in this documentary said that's how it converted him. Mm-hmm. That was this British guy and he went to the musical and when he came out, he started talking to the missionaries and then got converted.
0: And I was like, oh, it's okay. either it's either worked on one person or he's <laughs> lying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, OK,
1: so to get into the whole social media aspect, which. Oh my God, it's so, so if you are able to watch this series, like, and I keep saying series, it's only one episode, this documentary, it's so cringy, but also it's just, it's, it's, it just makes it seem a thousand times more fake. I think now, like the whole spreading the gospel, because the missionaries are taught now and are trained in the MTC that they have to fill a certain social media quota per day. Mm, so sense. yeah so they have to not only like so one of the things was that they have to message 50 people on social media a day
0: a day a day yeah oh dear god you know what <laughs> this, this is making a lot of sense now because yeah. you know we know we've heard so many people that get random messages on facebook from <clears throat> missionaries and it's like what like we were they'll join like local groups and then pretend like they're interested in whatever that group is and, like, make a mm-hmm. post or comment on a post. And then they, like, message those people.
1: Exactly. And that's what they're taught to do, which, it, like Katie said, it all makes sense now. Because Katie and I have both talked about this where it's like either we've seen it in Facebook groups or, like, I've gotten messages or, you know, just our, our podcast account, like the trolls that we get. And the oh,
0: yeah. We, we, we have get. a lot. Now that you say that, we have a lot of people that comment on there that are missionaries like if you click on their bio it says like LDS missionary for at such and such place and I'm like yeah
1: exactly exactly so they're like literally taught that they are not even taught they're trained they're trained like in this expectation and it's it shows them like going behind like trying to like they all have their smartphones constantly and they're just like they have a certain time each day that they go through and they have to message like 50 people and for the women they were like Oh, we have to be sure that we message the opposite sex, that we're not flirty, like no smiley faces, no emojis, like, because that can give the wrong impression and blah, blah, blah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: But the men can use emojis? Yeah, I guess so. None of the guys talked about that. And then it also was, like, showing how they have to make these reels and these videos. And it's so cringy. Like Okay, so I was
0: right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are 100% right. They have these reels, and they have, like, certain missionaries who are, like, known throughout the mission for being really good at creating content for social media and creating these videos. And they do, like, raps. They do, like... Oh, it's so cringy. They do like those little, you know, like the latest trends on TikTok. They'll do that, but then put a Mormon <laughs> spin on it and they're uh, all missionaries doing it.
0: Oh, my God. I <laughs> hate it. And also, <laughs> these missionaries, you know that a bunch of them are going to leave the church <clears throat> later and they're going to look back and be like, oh, my God, what did I do?
1: <laughs> exactly. But also it showed on there. So it had um one missionary who came from like Sydney, Australia, and as soon as like he made an appearance and they give him his the first assigned companion and his companions, like one of the like, quote unquote, influencers or like the best social media Mormon missionary in that area. And you like taught him how to create this video, this reel, and you watch it and it is beyond cringy. I could just tell I was like this, this missionary is not going to last like he already knows he was already a bit like yeah, I'm here, like, I'm, like, the only one in my high school or, like, around my friends who is Mormon, so they don't really get why I'm here, but I'm here, and then you see him make this video, and I was, like, oh, yeah, in my head, I was thinking he's not gonna last, and then, like, (laughs) the next clip is, like, oh, elder so-and-so actually flew back to Sydney, Australia after, like, three or four weeks, because it just wasn't for him.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, get out of there. He was, (laughs) like,
1: nah, this is not for me, um, Okay, so in the article, it says like one of the headlines is sometimes you feel like an influencer. So that's one of the missionaries. And most of them say they compare themselves to like an influencer. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes on. So this is that missionary who's in throughout the whole article, Rebecca Cooper. She says being brought up in the LDS church was at times tough and she felt very different to my peers when she was young. But her religion also helps her through a period of anxiety and depression after one of her classmates took his own life. It kind of set off a series of events where I realized not only did I have clinical depression, but I'd had it all my life. For about a year, Rebecca from Heart for Sure went through different types of treatment and says she struggled with her faith. She remembers spending one day crying and praying until eventually she got a feeling that she would begin that she should begin taking medication, something she had resisted to at that moment. Yeah.
0: So, Uh, okay. I just, I'm, uh, uh, I'm so glad that she started taking medication and hopefully found something that works, but it's like, why do they have to give all that credit to prayer and to God?
1: Like, Yeah, exactly. And to, oh, I prayed and that's when the Holy Ghost told me to take medication. No, I'm sure Your doctors, I'm sure, like, you just doing your own reasoning, your research, whatever, told you to take medication. But you have to give that, as you said, credit to this make-believe person in the sky. Like, Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. (laughs) And -hmm. then she even says, after that, everything just got better, and I was a lot more stable. It sounds a bit weird, but there was a lot of spiritual
0: nudges to help me out. Oh, my God. They can just make anything fit their narrative, can't they? Like, uh-huh. no matter which way it goes, it can it can be from God. Or if it goes wrong, it, you did something wrong, right?
1: Yep. And her story is, like, additionally sad because, I mean, sorry, I'm really sniffly in coffee. But um, she – so her brother, it interviews him as well, and he has left the church. Oh. Um, I know, which is, like, scandalous. And he – I think he was a bit too kind to the Mormon church, uh, in his reasonings, but a lot of it was, he was focusing on LG, LGBTQ, um, uh, plus, sorry guys, struggling today, mm-hmm. community and, uh, basically talking about the plan of salvation and how it wouldn't, you know, it's not applicable to them and that they can just live a life without love and without happiness and being them true selves and blah, blah, blah. And the interviewee, or sorry, the interviewer asked the stake president about this or the mission president about this. And his answer was so bullshit. Like, again, just like vague and just like, well, you know, it's it's tough. It really is tough. But um, yeah, basically, they just have to give that up is essentially his response. Like, it's just, yeah. tough, but they have to, you know, they can, they are widely accepted. Like, we are very open um, to everyone. And but they just would have to give up those relationships. And yeah, it's tough. That's what you just kept saying. It is tough.
0: Yeah, that's that's what the answer always is, or it's like, or it's their trial in this lifetime, or yeah. whatever. Essentially saying that in the next life they're not gonna be gay, or they're not, gonna yeah, be
1: gay,
0: or whatever. Like just making their identity not what it is. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah,
1: it's really sad. Um, they also like show the whole, you know, getting their mission calls. <laughs> so it shows oh. all the videos, which is. I was telling Greg, I was like, this shit wasn't around just when I was there. Like you didn't have the videos like on social media of of people opening their mission letters or their mission calls and and having like a live stream of this. Like (laughs) you would have phone calls, like conference calls maybe, or, you know, maybe towards the end when I was leaving, you might would have like people videoing it on their phone and sitting it around. But having it as like a live stream or like putting it on your social media, that's that was not a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And Greg was like, well, how do they decide, like, who goes where? And I was like, well, they try to tell you that the prophet and the apostles, like, pray about it and send people to areas that the spirit has touched their hearts. But obviously you learn that that's not true, that they just, (laughs) like, have a number to fill and a quota to fill and they just send people wherever. Like, Mm -hmm. and they also have to look at, like, you know, basically, yeah, it's just stats. It's like a numbers game for them. And that's it. Uh
0: Uh-huh. But yeah no you're you're really told in the church and I think they're still told this that um yeah it, where you are sent was the personally prayed over for you and it was like revelation that you should go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yep. And then it was like talking about people who get sent to like Utah or yeah. In this case like this girl was like British and she got sent to England and she was like fuck. Obviously she didn't say fuck, but she's not <laughs> happy about that. Um, so yeah, so just going back to the social media thing too, it says, they call it the Chorley, which is the the place in England, boot camp <laughs> instead of MTC. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> the Chorley boot camp also teaches missionaries how to use social media to find people by conversion by creating targeted Instagram reel videos and Facebook posts. And they're expected to send at least 50 social media messages per day to potential converts based on who has engaged or interacted with their post. Quote, it was a bit weird, Rebecca says, you had to be very public about your life and you were trying to get interactions from people. Sometimes you do kind of feel like an influencer. (laughs) Posting so many social media posts did have some downsides for Rebecca, including being mocked online. She remembers feeling upset and lonely after someone shared one of her posts with the captions, the psychos are at it again. (laughs) Which is sad. I mean, obviously, you should never target one person. And, you know, you don't want to do, like, cyberbullying. But at the same time,
0: like... You can understand it it gets frustrating for the rest of us when we're like we just want yeah. to live our life and we don't want to have the Mormons constantly like harassing us.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. do
0: awesome. you think that like their accounts at the end of the day or whatever are like monitored by someone cuz you I feel like how do they prove that they've messaged that many people or like what they've said or whatever? I don't know.
1: I think it's, like, their companions have to, like, review it, maybe. I don't know. I'm totally guessing on this. Like, I think um, someone has to, like, check to see how many messages that— because they—you know how it is in the Mormon Church. They wouldn't just go off your word. They would need— No,
0: they're going to need someone to, yeah, to check on you and then tattle on you if you didn't do it right or whatever. If you used an (laughs) MPG.
1: And that was also—so that just reminded me. That was one of the comments, like, the interviewer said to the mission president, like— so why do they have to be in Companions? Like, is it to monitor each other and, like, check up on each other? And he was like, no, of course not. It's not about, like, we're not a church of monitoring and checking. Oh, I, I oh you're not? I know. I totally <laughs> yelled at the TV. I was like, fuck off. Like, you literally have like, a committee of people who just, like, monitor everyone. Like, yeah. fuck off.
0: <laughs> and they probably like to use the excuse, we do it for safety, right? Yeah, they said safety and for support. I mean... I I can get the safety thing, but it really is a lot about monitoring and yeah. keeping each other in line. Exactly. Yep. Um. Yeah. So then, sh- just to go back to this, she
1: says during missions, internet use is closely monitored, and it, so that kind of answers one okay. part of my question. Like the internet is monitored, but I don't know if that means they have like a timer on it because you know you can set that. Like with kids, mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. I know my some of my nieces and nephews have, like, timers set on their phones for social media. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's, like, what they have. But as far as, like, someone viewing it, I don't know. But it does say it is strictly limited to only missionary work. She says, once only, well, yeah, once you're on your mission, your phone is not a source of entertainment. It's your job. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. And then they also show, which I thought was pretty fucked, they show, like, this two, it's like a mission companionship of it was two sister missionaries and then they got a third companion and there wasn't enough space. Like their apartment was really tiny and they only had two bedroom, like, sorry, two beds and one bedroom. And it was like two bed frames. And then they just like pulled out a mattress and it was like the third missionary has to just sleep on the mattress on the floor. Ah, oh, like, and all,
0: all of this from a multi-billion dollar church you're making your missionary sleep on the floor. And they even say that to their, like, talking
1: about the fact that the missionaries have to pay a certain amount for their mission per week. And yeah. God, you have to pay to go on these missions? I was like, yeah. And I was like, you have to pay. So not only are you doing this, like, voluntary service for two years, but you're literally paying to be on this mission. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, they, like, they aren't like, oh, if you volunteer, we'll pay for your housing and your food. It's like they pay a subsidized amount, but you still have to pay, like— A certain amount per week and then also like your groceries like depend on how much money basically you're able to afford like some missionaries had more than others and could like get takeout or fast food whereas other missionaries were like living off of like ramen you know Mm
0: okay yeah yeah that's uh when you put it that way and you think about how much money the church has it's so fucked up yeah doesn't it make you sick yeah yeah it makes me feel so bad for those missionaries
1: yep um So, okay, so we'll keep going. Um, They talk about a convert. So they have this, like, um, convert who's on there, which I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he genuinely did think the church was true, but Greg was like, I bet he just found out they were doing a documentary and was like, all right, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll be on there. It was just like, it just did not seem... To be genuine, I could be completely wrong. If I am, apologies <laughs> to you. Josh, who is a 19-year-old car mechanic. Maybe you truly are convinced about the church or whatever, but it just did not seem real at all. And they they show like the missionary discussions with the two sister missionaries and like having them pray, and it was just, yeah. Oh uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then there was also a part where they even say, like, the things that you can't do. And one of the missionaries was like, oh, yeah, you can't, you know, once we're on your mission, you can't even swim. And that was another one that I completely forgot about. And again, watching it with Greg, he's like, what? You can't swim on your mission? I was like, oh, I forgot about that one. They think the devil's in the water. And so, like,
0: missionaries can't swim. (laughs) Yeah. And imagine going to a tropical mission or an island mission and you're near the water and you can't swim. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: okay. And so then they also have like one of the, the mission presidents of the Manchester mission. He basically like some of his I'm just going to say some of his quotes. He's like um, he says that the strict missionary standards help them to be more productive mm. and that missionary life is one of discipline and commitment and focus, but those are the same attributes they'll have to use throughout their lives, whether in a job or in school. I mean, I know that we have some listeners who say that their missions like really helped them and did like, I don't want to say shape their lives, but like are something that they really loved and they have no regret. But I think it just is to me, I find it problematic to say that it's, Something that the attributes they'll use throughout their lives because that's not really true. Like that's the same as saying like the really strict um, regime and stuff like a military helps you to be a better, um, I don't know, worker or work, have better work ethic and blah blah. I think it does help, but there's also like the trauma side of having that intense way of living for a certain amount of time and being cut off from everyone around you and having that sense of loneliness and like not being able to just be yourself and discuss. I think that also is not really, it doesn't balance out maybe yeah. the pros of it is what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's other ways of doing this that are just as efficient, but without the damaging side. Right. Of it. It's,
0: like it's like a shame, it. shame that to get those benefits, quote unquote, of like, learning discipline learning routine learning social skills or whatever it might be um it's a shame that it has to come with so much trauma and baggage and it's like it comes in the package of you're trying to convert people to a a cult so (laughs) like you said it can be done in different ways and I think it depends on the person obviously because like we've talked to such a vast array of like like you said of people who actually they're ex-Mormon but they still really love their mission and we've talked to people who are ex-Mormon that said that their mission was like the worst thing that they ever went through, and and they almost died you know because they couldn't handle it so it yeah it very much is like not
1: not one size fits all there exactly completely agree yep I don't know. I just thought it was I mean, that's that's the end of the article and basically the documentary. But like if you watch it, I find it was much more like, whoa, and especially I think for people who didn't grow up Mormon, you might think like, whoa, this is really intense to watch. But I think for me, it was just interesting because I feel like, you know, it wasn't that long ago I left the church. Like it's been, what, six years Uh can't even do the math um yeah like six seven years and so much has changed in the mission field because I understand like obviously with social media and like technology and stuff like things will change but I don't think it's just that I think because social media was around for a while it was just like until recently that they've made these changes and I think it's because the church has been obviously steadily declining because they even gave a number in the documentary, and I don't remember it, so I feel I should have wrote it down, but it was like a crazy, uh, a higher percentage than I thought of LDS youth or young adults who leave the church at a certain age.
0: Yeah. It's, it's quite high. Mhm, It's the highest I think it's ever been. And
1: it yeah. And Exactly. So I think the church, like it wasn't because God obviously was like, oh, (laughs) I have a new revelation. It's because they realized that these numbers are like drastically decreasing and dwindling. And so they had to come up with a new plan for missions that are more enticing and that like, yeah, you can talk to your family once a week with video call and you can be on social media and like, like, let's change the messaging let's like you know make it more quote-unquote relevant and trending and blah 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 it's
0: so obviously it's so obviously a corporation and marketing like because can you imagine god celestial jesus or whoever hf up there being like here's my revelation missionaries shall create reels and (laughs) traps And you need to cold message 50 people a day, I say unto thee. (laughs) In the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Imagine,
1: like, imagine (laughs) also HF being like, oh, so I have another revelation in in my name. I I see <laughs> like I declare that you also need to post at certain times on certain days because that's when the traffic will be the highest and you'll have the most engagement with these posts. So like make sure, spread that along to the missionaries. Spread it along. And, and, ver-
0: and verily I say unto thee <laughs> now women can wear pants on a <laughs> it's so ridiculous and they believe all these changes came from god like would god, it's ah it's so weird <laughs> It's so
1: it's like uh and it also shows um uh what's his name nelson that's the the prophet right yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like i get so confused mr burns is all i know him as <laughs> Burns. it shows him giving a devotion a devotional sorry at byu and i was like oh my god greg that's where i graduated in that that like area that auditorium slash basketball arena and he was like what i was like what those are like the devotionals i had to go to um and he was talking about you know marriage is between a man and a woman and god has always been consistent and blah 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 and i was just like yelling at the tv and like fuck you like yeah i ugh.
0: I would have loved to have been like a fly on the wall or not even that, just to, to have been there to watch with you guys because you and I would have had like the same response. But then to <laughs> see Greg being like, what the fuck? Like, I don't <laughs> What even is happening?
1: <laughs> yep. It was uh, it was great. And I love how into it he was, too. At one point, he was like, oh, did you want anything from the kitchen? I was like, yeah. And he like gets up and he's like, Pause
0: it. like Pause it. I <laughs> yeah, deposit. It. I want to see what happens. <laughs> that's great. That good. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, for that's it. That. Thank you. That was awesome. And I, I don't know if I can get it here, but I'll look and see if I can find it somewhere because I do want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I don't know how it works. I'm assuming not because BBC is like weird. You have to set up your own account, but maybe you can or do like a VPN or something. But it's only like an hour, um, and I thought it was just like, yeah, quite interesting.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thanks. And everyone have a lovely and blessed week. Uh, Hashtag blessed.
1: Bye. Bye. (laughs)